Ready. Got it. Welcome, Nick Boateng. Um, really glad to have you. Thanks for taking the time today. Um, we're going to talk about leadership. And I've heard you say that you try to balance equity, empathy, and productivity yes. while also ensuring self-protection for yourself as a leader. So I'm really excited about this conversation. And I would like to kiss, kick us off with you introducing yourself. Who is Nick? Sure. Not just in the context of work, but also <laughs> beyond that. Sure. Justine, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Um, this, this podcast series is a, is a long time coming, so I'm, I'm excited that I got invited to this. Um, I, I, I do appreciate sort of the framing and the questions. Uh, who's Nick? Nick, Nick Botang. Uh, it's, it's actually Nick Boateng. I was originally born in Ghana, West Africa. Um, the name Boateng is sort of like Johnson uh, over here uh, in, in the States, depending on where you are in Ghana, it's pretty common. Uh, you know, I grew up in, in a humble household. My, my mother was a school teacher uh, for a while. She was an art teacher. And then um, she, she transitioned over into politics. And so I, I had a chance to experience um, le leadership I would say the first lens of leadership was was through my mother, because uh, she was one of the few um, women parliamentarians that was part of the Fourth Republic um, first parliament of Ghana, uh, which was like in, in the 90s. And so I, I didn't quite understand what like all of that meant until I got a little bit more mature. Um, fast forward time, you know, I, I got a chance to live um, in Ghana. I also got a chance to spend time in, in Europe and in Germany specifically, uh, and, and a little bit of time in the States. I, I graduated high school um, at, at a Department of Defense school in, um, in Germany. I, I actually went to prom at a castle for crying out loud. So um, my, my Spain trips were, were in Ibiza. So I was happy to have that experience and, and, and see diversity, see cultural diversity, I think that kind of helped shape my lens in life. Um, and it still does today. And it makes me appreciate travel um, e even more and, and interactions with people and cultures that I'm not very familiar with. Um, and I also had time in the military. I was active duty army for eight years, three months and 28 days, but who's counting. Um, and in my time in service, I did spend time in combat zones. I I was deployed to Iraq, Operation Iraqi Freedom. I, I, um, the first one I spent time in Afghanistan as well. I, I spent a lot of time in Southwest Asia, um, primarily in the Middle East. And that was sort of a rude awakening for me. The whole military experience is where I had the trans transition from boy to man, for the lack of better terms, and, and also saw a different subset of leadership. Um, and the chain of command structure and, and what that looked like when things were done correctly versus when things were not done correctly and the, and the impact on morale and sort of the, the difference in, in understanding the respect of someone's uniform versus them as an individual in person and, and appreciating those dynamics later and, and transitioning over. Um, now I live in California. I work for a nonprofit called Grid Alternatives. I'm based in the greater Los Angeles region. I'm currently the, the director of outreach uh, for uh, the regional office here, and I'm responsible for 
a team who's responsible for community engagement and, um, and brand recognition, brand aware, uh, awareness. We enroll families in a no cost solar electric system program for homeowners uh, so we can help improve air quality, uh, help empower customers reduce their electricity bill and also uh, connect folks that are looking for job training opportunities in, in the solar industry. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, hobbies, I enjoy some, some, some extreme sports. Um, I've, I've done the skydiving thing. I've, you know, I, I, I like to drive fast. Um, I like race cars. I like power boats. Um, yeah, I also play chess, um, but it's not all about me per se. But so I would say that's that scratch and surface of, of who I am. I hope that that answers the question for you. Yeah, scratching the surface indeed. And it sounds like you had have had opportunities to see different forms of, of amazing leadership. So I'm curious, what does good leadership look like? Great question. Um, this is definitely a rabbit hole. Um, it's a deep topic of conversation with different perspectives. If, if I was to summarize it, I would say uh, a great leader is someone that accepts the, the responsibility to be a conduit of success for, for the teams or people that, that they're leading. And that comes in the form of um, understanding the importance of having accountability uh, mm -hmm. and transparency in that process, understanding the importance of active listening and translating that active listening to, to practical action items that are taken that show results um, and not results that are recognized by you as a leader, but results that are recognized by, by the teams that you're part of leading. And a big piece is also collaboration, understanding when and where it's important to create safe spaces for collaboration <clears throat> so, so people can, can feel comfortable to share their ideas and feel that their ideas are not just heard, but they're actually, you know, they're, they're taken serious and, and, and actions and steps are taken to be able to implement the ideas and having the courage to admit when you don't have all the answers mm -hmm. uh, because we don't have all the, 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 the answers. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot more um, which connects to communication. It, it, it connects to the ability to, to create a growth mindset um, for your team and create spaces for growth. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, pretty big sort of rabbit hole to get down. But I would say that's what comes to my mind right away mm. when I think about leadership. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, what comes to my mind with what you're saying and also the way I view leadership is you're, it's an ecosystem that you're trying to keep healthy. Um, and yes. that means, you know, everyone has their part to play in making it healthy. And also the leader is you know, the connective tissue between all of that. Well said, yes, e exactly. <laughs> and I think that's also, you know, there's a shift happening, I would say, around what is good leadership. And yes. what you're talking about is a departure from more traditional leadership. I'd be curious to see how it's happening in the military right now. Mm, yeah. With that said, you know, give me some examples. You say balancing equity, empathy, and productivity. Like, give me give me some examples of what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so I can share sort of in in the context of of the more rigid 
military structure and, and also the, like the context of quote unquote, the civilian world and corporate America and my experiences that I've had with that. In, in the military structure, balancing equity, empathy and productivity uh, didn't necessarily exist because it was a command and control chain of command structure. You were given orders to follow and there were, there were protocols and rules. So you follow the orders based on the person's uniform and rank not based on your personal relationship with them. At least in theory, that's how it's supposed to be. So if a, you know, just for, for, for folks that don't know rank structures, you know, just to, to keep it simple, a Sergeant First Class outranks a, a, um, a corporal. So if a Sergeant First Class says, hey, corporal, I need you to move this desk. Um, it's not, why should I move this desk, Sergeant? It is, where do you want me to move it and how fast do you want me to move it? Like those are the follow-up questions. So it, it's basically a leadership structure that at least what I experienced was designed to be a, I follow this person's orders because they're asking me to do something for the sake of the mission. And, and so that's why I follow it versus um, I, I, I had a bit of an, a struggle transitioning to sort of a space where everybody was kind of their own person and they, they didn't have to listen to what you had to say. And so um, for, for, for certain environments, there was still a fear of losing your job. And so when the boss said something, you did it, even if you didn't agree with it, um, I, I, I struggled to adapt in that working space. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why I, I, I shifted over to, to entrepreneurship for a little bit and then to, to this nonprofit world because it's a combination of mission and also caring about the other in, individual. And so the difference here now is um, when we need to accomplish something, it's not a order that comes across. It's not saying corporate says we need to do this uh, b- because of that. There's a little bit of that in there because we do live in a monetary incentive-based society. And so, you know, the, the company has to pay bills and bills require grants to be met, et cetera. Uh, so, so to find that balance, an example would be, uh, you know, there's, there's been a lot of times where we've had to, um, to, to come up with ways to be able to meet a specific deadline for like a grant or, or process. And, and I may have my own ideas about, about how to execute that process. Um, I do think that it's important to, to get buy-in and to get input from everybody else because my main responsibility is not doing the job. My main responsibility is to facilitate the space and resources and, and trust needed for the teams that I'm working with to accomplish that. So I've created safe spaces for people to give input from the smallest things to like, what does, you know, what do you think about this digital flyer? Um, and, and do you think we need to make any, any changes that, that would be more aligned with the customer base that we're trying to reach and how you think we should reach them to, 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 to bigger levers like, does it make sense for us to seek funding to address this particular professional services issue that, that we have? What is your perspective on it? And, and the challenge is obviously finding the quote unquote middle ground because everybody brings their lens and their perspectives. And so it's really difficult to please everyone. Um, at least though, by, great, by creating that space 
and letting the uh, information flow freely and giving feedback as to why we're going a certain direction and, and trying to get buy-in for that um, has proved to show me better results than just kind of giving direct orders uh, for the lack of better terms. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think I want to dial in a little bit more about that sure. consensus-based approach you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I could see that being extremely valuable. The more voices, from my perspective, the more, the better the results. There is a point too where you have to make a decision. Yes. How do you make that decision? How do you kind of, what is that collaborative approach that you're talking about? Great question. Uh, I don't think there is a single answer for that. Uh, it, 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 for me, my experience, it's been scenario-based. Uh, so if, if I can share a specific example, uh, we had to make a decision um, on a, a particular type of, and this is a very, very simple um, example, but it had implications on, on the community. We, ha we had to make a decision on a, a particular type of digital flyer design in, in order to, uh, to, to be on schedule for a, a planned event. And, and so we started off with a template that was shared with, with everyone. And then we, we created space for input. Um, the way I ended up making the decision to move forward is when, well, when input starts happening, they're sort of like the big obvious things that, that are brought up that need to be addressed. So it was like, okay, the color is off on this particular flyer. You know, this, this community is not going to resonate with this image. It, it's, it's the wrong image. Okay, great. So, so now there's general consensus on the image. Now, when we start getting into the minutia of like, the hat should be red versus yellow, or, you know, or the font should be this versus that, then we've reached a point where those are sort of like minutia personal choices that don't necessarily impact the larger messaging as much as the, this is the wrong picture you know, for this, and this is the wrong messaging or wrong language, <laughs> because originally the, the, the flyer started off in, in all English when we knew that the demographic that we served was predominantly Spanish speaking. Mm -hmm. And so we needed to have a flyer that was bilingual uh, and that highlighted Spanish more than it did English. And so we agreed upon that. And then the font sizes, et cetera, was sort of like debatable. And, and so that's when a leader kind of has to make a call and say, you know, we, we, we generally agree that we, we adjusted the images. We generally agree that we've, we've adjusted the languages and now the minutia of the font, et cetera, we're just going to have to live with it that that's the middle ground. And so that's, a, that's an example that I can give. It's a small example, but a powerful one of, you know, what, what really matters and then focus the consensus building around that. Exactly. And then the yeah. rest is, you know, things we can live with. That's it right there. Yeah. That's well so said. You, you are the leader you are today. I'm sure through growth and um, growth requires mistakes and mistakes are only failures if we don't learn from them. 100%. Can you share uh, a situation, an example where you feel you, you could have done better 
um, and what you learned from it and what you did the next round. Yes. Oh my goodness. There, there's so many examples. I, I, I feel, I fail every day and learn it and learn every day from it. Um, one, one specifically would be when I, um, took, took the leadership role, uh, um, that I, I have now, I, I inherited a, a culture in a situation where it was, um, a little bit imbalanced. And, and so there were, there were, impressions that favoritism was was being showed to particular individuals and so you know just to respect their um, their identities I'll, I'll kind of journalize in that sense uh, and so when I originally started in in the role I didn't take the comments as serious as I should have uh, because I approached it in the lens of this sounds like it's bias. It sounds like it's coming from a, a, a perspective that doesn't have validity um, without sort of doing a deeper dive as, as to why these, um, like how we reached that point to where these comments were being made. And so the first round lasted pr pretty, pretty short. And be because I wasn't able to, to get the team to move past the comments of favoritism, for a particular individual or two, and it would constantly be, be recircling, regardless of, of, of how we distributed responsibilities or how we distributed access to resources, that, that messaging always sort of surfaced again. And so um, that to me was a failure because as, as part of leadership, team morale and, and, and the response and the feedback loop that, that you get determines your quote unquote report card as a leader. Mm -hmm. And and so if that feedback is sort of being consistent, then then the issue hasn't been addressed. And so I had a chance to get some 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 mentorship with some folks. Um, and um, that was emphasized for me to spend more time on. And so I I took the time to create and it, it took a while. It, it, take, it takes a lot of energy and it's exhausting when it comes to people management. So, so for, for people out there that say it's easy, it's a lie, you know, from, from my opinion, if, if it wants to be done correctly. So I, I had to take the time to, to better understand the core and the why of why this, this, this favoritism conversation kept coming up. And after digging deeper, I had a perspective shift because the folks that were saying it, it turned out that they had a really bad onboarding experience. And, 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 and that onboarding experience was connected to an, another person who seemed to be successful in their role and capacity, uh, which created a sense of, if anything, animosity. Mm -hmm. and, and so then that, 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 that kind of turned into a, a pointed, um, response of there's favoritism towards this person because their experience has been different and it continues to be different. So yeah, that's that that that's an example. And and I I know that the situation improved. I know that I learned from it because after a while that feedback started to turn around and I actually received a compliment saying thank you for paying attention to this at the level that you did because it has made a difference in, in the way we feel and, and, and operate in the space and the organization and, and the way we feel about your leadership specifically.
I bet that felt good. It felt refreshing. Um, and, <laughs> and I definitely, that's where I kind of connected the empathy part even mm -hmm. more to the three pillars that, that we mentioned mm -hmm. at, at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate your thoughtfulness and the energy you're putting into it, to being a good leader. I Thank can all, and creating that space for people to bring, to be human yeah. um, is healthy. And as you pointed out is also requires a lot of energy and expanding a lot of energy. Yes. So how does Nick continue to be able to show up as his best self? That's a great question. I, I don't think I've quite figured that out yet. Um, you know, it, it's one thing to take time off and, and, and disconnect. I've been doing a better job at that. Um, when I do take time off, I definitely disconnect from the entire process versus, you know, let me check my email, this chat, et cetera. I, I used to be bad at that in the past. Now I don't. Um, that's, I would say that's one of the growth points. Uh, I'm, I'm still on that journey of, of discovery of finding the balance of, of, um, of being able to, to sustain myself long-term. The burnout thing is real. Uh, I, I would say because, because we're just coming out of the backside of a pandemic, um, it's difficult to benchmark that experience because the pandemic was traumatic and it was a completely different beast by itself. And so uh, just to add color, <laughs> I, I assumed responsibility of my role towards the latter part of 2019. And as we all know, the pandemic happened the early part of 2020. And so I kind of got thrown into a, a situation of balancing you know, pandemic type working environments and having to understand how to pivot our business model mm. and, and also adapt to the ability to be a leader in this virtual world. Uh, and so definitely battle tested as uh, with the, there's an expression in, in, in the military community, there's, there, there's respect for commanders or not commissioned officers or soldiers who've not just gone through the training, but actually gone through battle and been battle tested. So this is, um, I've definitely been battle tested in that sense. And um, yeah, it's, it, it's really difficult especially if you're passionate about what you're doing. Um, there's a really fine line between I do this not because it feels like a job for me versus like I'm overextending myself. Mm. Yeah. So um, I'm constantly playing, I'm playing with that dial and, and trying to find the right medium. And I don't think I found it yet. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for that vulnerability. Um, Absolutely. Similar to people, I think, who say being a good leader is easy. I think someone who says, I figured it all out may not totally be aware that they haven't. Yes. I really appreciate this conversation. I think we're only scratching the surface. <laughs> Absolutely. I do, I do want to ask your last question. I think I'm curious to know if there's anything you wish I'd asked and that you wanted to share as part of this topic. Hmm. 
you work Great. at the intersection of, you know, environmental and social impact and the topic is leadership. Yeah. So it's a broad question. But maybe yes. it'll be the next topic of a um, future podcast. <laughs> thanks. I, I, I appreciate that. I think what, what sticks out to me the most is understanding the difference between being in a leadership role and being a leader and understanding the difference between um, you thinking you're a leader from your lens versus your team's perspective on leadership. And so I think in a broader context and conversation, my question would be, since in, in my lens, I think leadership is a privilege, is not a right. So before you can be acknowledged as a leader, should people that are put in, in positions of leadership be mandated to have some type of feedback loop report card that is actually acted upon if the feedback is bad and good as well? Mm -hmm. Because I don't think we take that part serious enough. It's really difficult to take feedback and, and to turn it into actionable items that are followed through consistently because we've seen scenarios, at least I've experienced scenarios where there is something that's brought up that needs to be adjusted or changed. And then there's a time frame given for that adjustment or change to happen. And then it kind of fades out. And then the, the accountability part is lost in that. And then that has a, a potential tendency to perpetuate, to create more negative impacts down the line. Mm -hmm. And so what can we do about it in general to address this. And I think that that leads down the pathway of turning accountability into something healthy mm. versus unhealthy and, and focusing on it, maybe even reframing the language to, to having healthy accountability. And what does healthy accountability look like? So in the form of a question, what does healthy accountability look like for leadership. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Account, we often think of accountability top down. So how do you make it two-way or multi-directional perhaps? Exactly. How do, so that you're nurturing that ecosystem. Absolutely. Yes. I think that goes a long way because it, it, it shifts the perspective of of, of the folks that you're working with to recognize that you are one human, <laughs> two, you, you care about their input, uh, three, you, you and the organization are willing to genuinely do something about it. Mm -hmm. And that creates more buy-in, which creates more drive to support the mission, which creates more, you know, in, in the sense of a company that's doing sales or whatever the case may be, when there's more direct ownership from the people that are doing the work, the work is just done better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think also zooming out to the context, one of the impacts of this pandemic is what is being called the great resignation. Yeah, I think I've heard that. Yeah. Part of that is that people 
are revisiting or rethinking their life and deciding, do they feel aligned? Do they feel really part of something? Absolutely. And that ties into who their manager or leader is. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Well said. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm really curious if you have, if anyone came to you and said, I want to be a good leader, what direction do you point them in? A resource, a suggestion, a tip, something. Yes, I I would suggest for them to to hop on a podcast with Justine uh, and, and, and have conversations with you. Um, that's a great question. I do think that as, as part of what, what has helped me to kind of identify the areas of growth that I need and I constantly need, need areas of growth um, and improvement um, is one mentorship, sort of like the mentor-mentee relationship. And so the, the, the question I would pose to, to that person is what they think good leadership looks like for them based, based on their past experiences, on, based on what they would want to experience of, of what a good leader looks like. That answer would determine a benchmark of how to build a mentor-mentee relationship around that, you know, and say, these are examples of of what society generally deems as great leadership. So here's a general sort of place to go look at things. One of the area, one of the, um, the, the speakers that I've, I've listened to in the past is Simon Sinek. Um, he, you know, he, the, the, the start with why model and, mm-hmm. and understanding that foundation uh, as a building block to, to a lot of different things. Um, you know, there's, there's nuggets of leadership that you can find across many different spectrums, um, you know, from from that. There's another um, guy named uh, I, I, I forgot his his last name, uh, his first name, but his last name is Goggins. He's a former Navy SEAL. Uh, he he has an audio book, and he just gives it to you raw and straight. And some people can't handle that 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 type of direction. And so I think, depending on who the individual is just doing some sort of quick questionnaire to understand the, the type of messaging that resonates with them and then finding the connection, whether it's a digital connection or an actual in-person connection with someone that they can look up to that helps them achieve that particular type of leadership. And also finding a space where they can, they can have a thought partnership mm-hmm. and a space where they can pour that knowledge into someone else and get the feedback loop to know how they're doing. And Fantastic. so that's what I would think. Yeah, that's a great response. And I'll, I'm also hearing what speaks to you, like how do you, first an introspection of what you think is a good leader. And then I, you didn't say this, but I felt you were also saying like leadership can take different forms. So don't necessarily look at the top. Absolutely, 100%. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Nick. Of course. It was a pleasure. pleasure. Likewise. Maybe to be continued. Maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm always excited to, uh, to, to have these conversations. So if, if, if you're ever in need, just let me know. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome.